Are you struggling with jealous friends, unexpected temptations, or even big battles? These can be difficult to navigate. But Dr. David Jeremiah, through his study on King David in The Tender Warrior, teaches you what you can do when you face these situations. This month, when you give a gift of $120 or more to Turning Point, we'll send you the complete two-part CD album, study guide set, and the God Shot devotional. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. Your big dream is almost a reality. Your plans are in place. Your supporters are excited. You're ready to act. And then you hit a roadblock. What do you do? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah says throwing a pity party is not an option as he offers tools and insights from the life of King David. Listen as Dr. Jeremiah introduces the eye-opening conclusion of his message, When Your Dream Dies. You know, friends, what I've learned about all this uh, in keeping with the lesson from David is that God often says no to your dream so he can say yes to a bigger dream than you ever thought you would ever have. That's happened to me twice in my life as a pastor, as a uh, a visionary. When you you think you have the dream God wants you to have and then he shuts it down, the next thing you know, you're involved in something way beyond what you ever dreamed in the first place. And what what happened to David was he got to watch his son build one of the great wonders of the world, the Temple of Solomon. He gained all of the resources, and I'm getting ahead of my story, but what I'm telling you is this. If God has said no to your dream, don't pout. Keep your eyes open to see what he's up to, because he's up to something, and it's always for your good and for his glory. We'll have more from David and his dream in just a moment. But um, tomorrow and Thursday, we're going to talk about David and Bathsheba. I know that's the X-rated lesson in the story of David, and I say that uh, in a kind way. But it's a true story, and it's, it's about what happens when people get away from God and they don't deal with their holiness the way they should. So we'll talk about that, and we'll be honest and respectful. And uh, we're going to continue through this week. And, and Friday, we'll talk about the scar tissue of sin, what happened to David because of what he did. So this is an important part of the lesson and one that's very necessary in this particular day. We all need to listen to this and be very careful to observe uh, the, the principles the Bible is teaching us. Hey, I want to keep telling you about Israel because it's one of my highest priorities right now to get you to Israel. I hope you'll come. March the 12th through the 22nd, an extended tour of Israel, including Jerusalem, Galilee, the Dead Sea, the Jordan River, uh, all of the beautiful things that are all around Jerusalem, and then lots of time in Jerusalem at the main sites, including a communion service in the, in the garden where the tomb is, and a wonderful, wonderful ministry on the southern steps, and uh, visiting the churches, and getting in the tunnels, and going into old Jerusalem, and shopping, and all all kinds of things that you want to do. I hope you'll come and be with us. March 12th through the 22nd, go to davidjeremiah.org slash events and get all the details. Well, this is part two of When Your Dream Dies. Let's begin. So David had a dream to build a house of God. The context of the dream was peace. The concern of the dream was a place and the confirmation of the dream was a prophet. Now, I suppose that if we stopped reading there in our Bibles, we ought to expect that what we're going to see now is 
And immediately there was a flurry of activity and the wood began to be gathered and the stone began to be gathered and David's out there and I can see him in all of his glory. His dreams taking shape, the foundation is going in, people are bringing all this stuff and the next chapters ought to be filled with all of the activity that is the realization of David's great dream for God. But that's not what the text says. That night, Nathan the prophet went home. Sometime during the night, God spoke to him. And I would like to encourage you to let me share with you the conversation that Nathan has with God and with David as it's recorded in 1 Chronicles 17. Uh, it's here in the 7th chapter. It's even more pointed in 1 Chronicles 17. And I want you to turn over there if you will. And let me read to you what happens next. 17, 1 Chronicles 17. Now, I'm just going to read it and you'll get the picture. Now it came to pass... As David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. And Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thy heart, for God is with thee. And it came to pass the same night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David my servant, Thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. For I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel into this day, but have gone from tent to tent and from one tabernacle to another. Wheresoever I have walked with all Israel, spake I a word to any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people, saying, Why have ye not built me a house of cedars? And then he goes on to tell David some other things that we'll get to in a moment. Now stop and think about that for a moment. Here's a man with a great dream. It's a godly dream. It's not self-motivated. It's not something David wants for himself. He wants to build a house for God. And he's all excited about it. It seems like it's the right thing to do. Even the prophet said, go for it. But the next day, the prophet comes back in and said, David, I had another talk with the Lord last night. And he said, no way. You aren't going to do it. Let me ask you a question. What do you do? when your dreams are broken. I know that there are people here today who have understood some of that in your own lives and in your experience. Maybe your dream was to go to the mission field. And God put it in your heart and you went forward in a service and you said, I'm going to go. And you went to school and you got trained and you were all ready and you went to the mission board to give your testimony and they examined you and they said, no, you can't go. You're not ready. You're not qualified. You're not prepared. And now the years have gone by and your dream is broken and you don't understand it. You brought those children into the world and when they were first born, you brought them to the Lord and you had them dedicated in church and you said, Lord, these children belong to you. We want to give them back to you to serve you. And you had great hopes and dreams for them and you, and you prayed for them every day and you guided them the best you knew how. And all of a sudden, somewhere along the way from childhood to adulthood, they took another turn and they went a different direction and they decided not to please God and not to live for God. And you look at those kids and your heart is broken and most of all, your dreams are broken. Mister, you started out with that business and you were going to use that business to bring honor and glory to God and you were praying that God would bless it so that it could be the fountainhead of furnishing many ministries with income and money and all of that. And you gave it everything you had and it seemed as if God said, go for it. And then all of a sudden in the midst of it, there was some unexpected reversals and all of that dream in a moment of time went up in smoke and there's nothing left except the bankruptcy and the letters and the problems and the legal affairs and 
and you wanted to do it for God, and he said no. What do you do when your dreams are broken? Well, I think we learn from David some things to do. And maybe you're here today and you're just one of those people, you've been on a high since you can remember. You've never known reversal. You've just been going forward for God from day one and everything has just clicked one right after the other. I seem to know some folks like that, although I don't know the inward workings of it all. It's very improbable that anyone gets all the way through life from the cradle to the grave without experiencing some disappointment somewhere along the way. So let me suggest some things that David did that helped him when his dreams were broken. Number one, review what you have without the dream. <laughs> and that's a very interesting thing because sometimes we get our hearts set on something and it becomes everything. We, we get something in our sight that we're going to do and if we can't do that, it's like the rest of the world goes away and there's nothing left. I can see in David with the intensity of his heart and his aggressiveness and surely his desire to accomplish his goals that when he decided he wanted to build a temple, that's all he thought about day and night, every day. And when he told Nathan and Nathan said it was okay, he probably didn't sleep all night long. He was working on the plans and had the architectural drawings laid out and it was so important to him. And then all of a sudden the door is slammed on that and he can't do it. And we read in verse 18 of the seventh chapter that when Nathan had finished talking to David, David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, now watch this, who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? If you go back into the speech that Nathan made to David, Nathan told David that he was somebody special for God that God had brought him from the sheepfold and he brought him to the kingdom and he had set him up on high that he was one of heaven's favorite people. And now David, realizing that he can't do what he wants to do, he is before God and he's beginning to review what God has done for him. And he's saying, Lord, I wanted to build you this house. It was my dream, it's my goal. But Lord, as I review everything, boy, do I have a lot to be thankful for. Oh man. I wanted to do this and I'm disappointed that I can't, but I'm not going to let this disappointment cloud my vision of God's provision. And then if you go through there, you'll discover that David begins to rejoice that God has honored him among all the nations. He begins to rejoice that God has set before him a future. In essence, when you get all done with it, what God has said to David, David, I won't let you build a house for me, but I'm going to build a spiritual house for you. And David came to recognize that. Listen, I don't know what your dream is. I don't know what it is that you believed you were supposed to do that isn't happening. But I want to tell you something. If God seems to have said no, there's a lot left, isn't there? There's a lot to be thankful for, isn't there? There's a lot that you can look to and say, thank you, God, for everything I have. I wanted to do this, and I don't understand yet why I can't. But God, thank you for this and this. Maybe he's touched the life of one of your children, but you look around and there's three or four others that are just doing great. Maybe your business has gone in a direction you hadn't planned for it, but yet God continues to provide your needs and he puts food on the table and some things you hadn't expected happen for you. Maybe he's taken away your physical health, but you're still able to think clearly and communicate clearly. 
You see, sometimes when God says no to one thing, it's like we view everything in life has gone away. And David didn't do that. He got before God. And if you read the seventh chapter, what David is doing, he's rehearsing his blessings before the Lord in gratitude. And that's the first step to take when your dreams are broken. Review what you have left without the dream. Let me suggest to you, secondly, when your dreams are broken, resolve to keep on dreaming. Do you know what we do if we don't get our dreams? If we dream sometimes and it doesn't come true, we say, well, that's all for you, God. I tried it once and it didn't work. I'm not dreaming anymore. It's over. It's finished. It's done. I'd like to show you something in the scripture. If you will turn with me to 2 Chronicles 6. Sometimes people teach this portion of David's life and they say David dreamed a dream he should never have dreamed. And that's why God said no. That David was wrong in determining to build this house for God. That he was out of God's will. But that's not true. In the book of 2 Chronicles and the 6th chapter, verses 7 through 9, let me just read to you what is said here. Now I need to tell you that the context of this chapter is Solomon is blessing the people after the temple's already been built. Now the project is over. Solomon's finished it. David didn't get to do it. His son did. Solomon's talking, verse 7. Now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to David, my father, for as much it was in thine heart to build a house for my name, thou didst well in that it was in thine heart. Notwithstanding, thou shalt not build the house. Now watch what God said to David. David, I like your desire. I like your dream. It's a good dream. It's an all right dream. There's nothing wrong with the dream. It's just you're the wrong person to fulfill it. And I would think that if David heard those words, it would have been an encouragement to him. Sometimes if we dream and we don't get it, then we quit dreaming altogether. There wasn't anything wrong with David's dream. It was a good dream, a proper dream. It was a dream that he should have had. But God still had the prerogative to say no. And God can do that, can't he? There's nothing wrong with dreaming just because they don't all come true. So I would suggest to you that if the dream that you set your heart on has been set aside by God, that doesn't mean you should just quit. But it means you should go on to what God has for you in the days ahead. Let me give you a third thought about when your dreams are broken. The third thing you should do if your dreams are broken is you should reject introspection. Reject introspection. You know what happens when people don't get their dreams accomplished A lot of them go into a period of time of self-examination. This is especially true if it has to do with their children. And I have talked to parents over and over about this and have some understanding about it myself now. As soon as something doesn't go the way you had planned it to go with one of your kids, the first thing that happens is you begin to examine yourself. What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? Why didn't I do this right? If I had done that better, this wouldn't have happened. What happened? And then they get a hold of a verse of scripture like Proverbs 22, 6 that says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. Which, by the way, has never brought a great deal of comfort to me. I'm not concerned about what happens to my kids when I'm old. I want to know what's going on with them right now. Sometimes when I read that verse, I think if our kids finally turn out all right, we're going to be too old to enjoy it. 
But I have been with parents and you can just see they get into this guilt thing and they go through introspection. Why has this happened to me? Or they lose a business. What didn't I do right? Now sometimes, and let's be honest, sometimes there's a direct cause and effect relationship. Sometimes we do do things wrong and we pay for it. Let's be honest about that. But quite often among God's people, God just says no. And there's no observable reason that we can discern. And if we're not careful, we get ourselves all caught up in trying to wonder why and think through and examine. And before we know it, the introspection has wreaked more havoc on us than the disappointment from the lost dream. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? That happens many times with God's people. Now, there was a reason why God said no to David. There was a very good reason. And you know what? It wasn't God's time to tell David. So he didn't. Not until years later. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 22. 1 Chronicles chapter 22. And we're going to find out what was behind God saying no to David. We read in verse 6, Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Well, when did God say that to him? It's not in any of the passages that deal with God saying no to him about his dream. But sometime later, after God had said no, when David was through the emotional upheaval of having to have his dream broken, then God came alongside of him and said, Now, David, let me explain to you what this is all about. David couldn't have handled it then, and God knew it. David could not have understood and taken into his system that reasoning. And later on, he understood the reason. But sometimes God says no, and he doesn't tell us why. Sometimes God just shuts the project down, and we're left to wonder, what's this all about? And we don't find out for maybe years down the road. And then we look back and say, oh, now I understand. This is what this is all about. But you see, David could have gotten into himself, he could have gotten introspective. He could have spent weeks with a counselor. He could have been on the couch for hours and never have understood why God said no because God didn't choose to tell him that until some time later. I have in my library a wonderful book entitled Leave Yourself Alone. What a wonderful title. You know what it's all about? Get out of all these head games that we go through as Christians when something isn't going the way we want to. You know why God says no sometimes? Because he's God, and he can say no any time he wants. And he doesn't have to tell us why. He doesn't have to give us any reasons. He can just say no. So if your dream is broken today, if you're looking down at a, something that hasn't turned out the way you planned well, there may be a cause and effect, and I would encourage you, if you can discern what that is, you know, learn from it and, and go on. But the probability is, for the vast majority of us, there isn't any reason you know about. It's just that way. And maybe sometime down the road, God will tell you why. But if he doesn't, don't burn up your emotional energy trying to figure out what's happened. It isn't productive, and it won't take you down the road anywhere. Now, let me give you the last thing, the most important of all. When your dreams are broken... What do you do? You review what you have without the dream. 
You resolve to keep on dreaming. You reject introspection. And finally, you redirect your energies to something else. Here is one of the greatest, in my estimations, the greatest recommendations of David in all of the Bible. When God says to him that he cannot have his dream, David decides to do something else. And you know what he does? He said, I am going to live the rest of my life with one goal in mind, and that is to help Solomon experience the dream that I wanted. God told David in the message that we have in 1 Samuel that Solomon was going to get to build the house of God, not David. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 2. 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 2. Here is a great insight into the character of this man of God. David is about to turn everything over to his son Solomon. In verse 1 it says, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. The gold for the things to be made of gold, the silver for things of silver, the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, the wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of diverse colors and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have my own proper good of gold and silver which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. And he goes on to describe everything that he has given to God. Everything. Now what is David saying? He said, I can't build the house of God, but I'm going to help somebody else do it. <laughs> what a testimony. David is saying, I cannot build God's house. I have been told by God not to. And so I'm going to help somebody else do it. And he gathered all the materials. And he gave all that he could out of his own treasury. And when Solomon came to the task, he had the easiest job you could ever have because David had done all the work he could do apart from actually beginning the project. Now let me suggest something to you. When your dream is broken, don't sit home and sulk. Get out and seek something to do. You can redirect those energies, and God will use the redirected energies to give you new vision and new desire and new energy and new motivation. And before you know it, you can be almost as excited about the second thing that you never even thought of before as you were about the dream you had in the beginning. What happens to most people when their dreams are broken is this. They go into hibernation. They begin to sulk. They begin to pout. They begin to think that... Well, God's through with me, and there's no hope, and I might as well fold up my tent. And before you know it, they are finished. Not David. The greatest testimony to the man David was this. When God said no to him, David got going in another direction. If you cannot build, you can gather the materials. If you cannot go, you can send somebody else. If God has said no to you, you can make it possible for someone else to fill that place on which you had set your heart. The vision needs never be in vain, even though it remains unfulfilled. For God's refusals in life are loaded with immeasurable possibilities of blessing if we will just look for them and realize 
that God can use us in another way if we will just allow him to do it. So your dreams are broken. And it looks like it's not going to happen the way you thought it might. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you go and pout. Don't you sit at home and wonder. You seek God's face and get busy for him. He's got projects that need to be done. And people are needed everywhere. Amen. Well, hasn't this been an interesting little journey uh, and very contemporary, especially if you're a leader, to know how God works when your dream dies? Tomorrow is sort of a dark day in David's life and a time when he yields to temptation and creates an incredible problem for himself and for Israel, for the family of Uriah. And we read this with sadness, but we also read it and become quite aware that it's not a story buried in history. It's a story that happens every day. And people you and I both know have lived through this. So this is very important for us to listen to. And we'll talk about David and Bathsheba tomorrow here on Turning Point. You can get the study guides for this series from davidjeremiah.org. There's also a CD package that comes with it. If you want to study David in your own personal study or with a small group or in Sunday school, this material will help you. You can get it from us. Go to our website and find it. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. Your notes of encouragement are always a blessing to us, so please write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Sawasan, Delta, BC, V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of The God Shot, a devotional focused on God's character by teacher and podcast host Tara Lee Cobble. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app to instantly access our content. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The Tender Warrior, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. Wendell Loveless, long associated with Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, lived into his 90s and was mentally alert to the very end. Warren Wiersbe and his wife visited Mr. Loveless one day, and the aging Loveless said, 
I don't get out much these days because my parents won't let me. Mother Nature and Father Time. There was a man reconciled to his earthly mortality, but also with the spirit of joy even in his final days. We should ask ourselves, are we reconciled to the fact that we will one day die? Do we face that event with fear or with anticipation for what comes next? This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's perspective on death on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.